0: More than likely what we do with clients in your situations is we're going to tap bits and pieces of every bucket. So we're going to take a little bit of Roth, maybe a little bit of IRA, 401k, some from the brokerage, some cash, and just kind of blend that out over our lifetime. So each year it might look a little bit different depending on your goals and objectives.
1: It's time to retire with confidence. Welcome to Unlocking Your Financial Future with financial advisor, Ben Schrock. Welcome into to another mailbag edition of Unlocking Your Financial
2: Future. We're going to answer your questions, listener questions that were sent in to us via the website bhrock-fg.com. You can always do that if there's anything on your mind, any financial questions you have, uh, curiosities, concerns. You can send them in to us. We'll do our best to answer, and Ben Schrock will take what information you provide us and try to give some guidance or some thoughts on uh, on what you're asking about. But always, we encourage you to reach out to him directly, his team directly at B.A. Schrock Financial Group, again, online at baschrock-fg.com or over the phone 330-473-1060 to answer any of these questions. So, Ben, glad to have you back on. Mailbag time. I know you like going through these wide range of topics, so we had to get back to it again.
0: I do. I like the rapid fire uh, questions. They're always good questions too. So it's something that we've, I think we've, we've done this for the past, you know, uh, gosh, month or so, right? We've continued the mailbag. Yeah. So it's been kind of cool to, to see all the questions come in and, and just, it's always a different variety of questions. So I, I like them and um, I hope there's not any that stump us yet. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, if if we do, we want not we will admit it. So we won't, we won't try to force a way around it. We'll
2: uh, we'll call Keith in for some backup if we need to <laughs> at some right. point. That's right. Uh, Well, let's dive into some rapid fire. We got six today we're going to get to. Uh, The first one comes in from Ralph. He says, I'm being forced into an early retirement at 57 for my job with the state. I'll have my pension, but that alone won't be enough to live on. Do I need to find another job since I'm too young for Social Security or to withdraw from my IRAs?
0: Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. It depends. If you're being forced into early retirement, a lot of times what they're going to do, Ralph, is some um, uh, public entities will offer you some sort of buyout or some companies offer a buyout that might help you bridge that gap. So they may give you two times your salary. Um, They may give you an increased portion on your pension to cover you from age 57 to 62. So I'd first go there, start with the employer, um, see if there's any type of added benefits that you might be entitled to um, or negotiate with. Honestly, if if, um, they're kind of forcing your hand there, I think there's some bargaining chips there. But ultimately, if you can't do anything else and you need some extra income and you don't want to go back to work, we can tap into the IRA. Okay, The rules are if you tap into your IRA prior to 59 and a half, then you're going to pay a 10% penalty on top of the the ordinary income taxes on that. However, there is a rule called a 72T. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this before in the past, Ben, but a 72T is a law out there that it basically allows you to take out distributions out of your IRA or your qualified plan prior to age 59 and a half without that penalty. Now, there's some pretty distinct rules and, and some calculations in there and that I won't go over on the, the podcast. But if it's something that is interesting to you, we can run the calculation for you and show you that. But there is a backdoor way around that that we don't have to you know get slapped with a 10% penalty by taking out money prior to 59 and a half.
2: Gotcha. Thanks for that question, Ralph. Our next question comes from Frank. Can you explain the rule of 100? Is it something that you believe in? Good question. Man, they're good today.
0: Um, I, I like the rule of 100. I, so basically the rule of 100 is uh, it's a risk measurement tool that people can use. And I think it's a good rule of thumb. So basically the the way that it works, Frank, is they're going to say take the, your age, whatever your age is, subtract it from 100. So if you're 70 years old, so seventy minus one hundred thirty. Uh, so seventy percent of your portfolio should be safe. Thirty percent should be at risk. So again, I like it. Like I said, I like to use that as a rule of thumb or, or a gauge as a starting point. It's not a hard rule that we're going to follow to a T because I think everyone's situation is going to call for a different type of strategy. So I don't want to say that this is a one size hat fits all rule of one hundred. We have to have seventy percent safe or in bonds or annuities or CDs or something guaranteed and 30% at risk because, again, some people in the 70s might have the the appetite for risk or they may have the portfolio that warrants a a little bit of of a different allocation. Maybe it's 60-40 the other way or 70-30 the other way, 70% at risk, 30% at at, uh, fixed. So everyone's situation is going to be different in that situation, but um, I think it's a good starting point to get that conversation started about risk.
2: Next question comes in from Christy. She says, I'm about to get married this summer. It will be a second marriage for both of us. Are there any financial issues I should be thinking about before entering into a second marriage like this?
0: Yeah. I mean, um, you definitely want to have that conversation with your, your second spouse. Now, again, there's some some serious implications depending on your age, Christine. You don't have to volunteer that information, obviously, but it, with when it comes to Social Security, so uh, not to go down that road. But um, there is a, a unique rule in there that uh, states if you get married after age 60, there's certain uh, benefits on a deceased ex-spouse's record you can file off of. And again, not going down that road today. But if you're really close to that age, it might benefit you to wait till after 60. If not, don't worry about it. But yeah, I mean, it's something that makes sure uh, you have those conversations because when we have a second marriage. and especially if there's children from the first marriages then it could create a little bit of a planning issue in terms of who gets what in case you guys pass away or um, is your money your money my money's my money and it's going to be that way the rest of our life however we're married and we're going to more than likely file jointly so we have to make joint decisions so it's something where you got to have those conversations i think they're very very important conversations to have before you get married so that you can all be on the same page when it comes to your financial
2: planning and the retirement planning specifically. Sounds good. Thanks for that question, Christy. Trinity writes, which of my accounts should I withdraw from first when I retire? My 401k, my Roth IRA, my brokerage account that mainly consists of mutual funds, or the extra cash that I have in the bank?
0: My favorite answer, it depends. So, and, and first of all, compliments to you, Trinity, because you have a, a nice makeup of uh, different accounts. So again, I love looking at this and I'm looking at it visually as we're talking right here is we call this like many different buckets of money. So you have different tax qualifications of, of buckets of money floating overhead. So the, the the short answer to that is, again, it's going to depend, depend on your unique situation, your age and income that you're going to need. And then also, you know, forecasting things down the road in terms of where we want um, your income to look like and where we want to control some taxes. So more than likely what we do with clients in your situations is we're going to tap bits and pieces of every bucket. So we're going to take a little bit of Roth, maybe a little bit of uh, our IRA, 401k, some from the brokerage, some cash, and just kind of blend that out uh, over our lifetime. So each year it might look a little bit different depending on your goals and objectives. So I don't think draining one bucket first, then to the next, then to the next is the best solution. I think we tap each bucket specifically each month for, you know, the rest of your life and utilize that to the best of its ability.
2: Yeah. Thanks for that question, Trinity. And yeah, good job having those different options and, and thinking about that. Cause I'm guessing, but not a lot of people really think through it that much, right? I mean, they probably kind of have their, their set up on, I'm going to use my money from this account when I retire. They do, yeah, and generally
0: it's, I'm going to take all my IRA money first. And again, that's not always a bad solution, but... If we can push income up to a certain threshold from our IRA to keep us under a certain tax bracket, ben, then we take the rest from a Roth and maybe some dividends, some qualified dividends from our, our brokerage account, You know, we can really skate under the radar in terms of how much taxes we're paying um, and, and still get the income that we're desiring in retirement. So yeah, I mean, I love seeing that approach. So, I, Again, I can't commend her enough because I think that's a great way to, to go into retirement with multiple different sources of, of uh, retirement savings.
2: All right. The next question comes in from Phil. He says, I have several different paid up life insurance policies on myself, a few on my wife and a couple on each of my adult children. I funded all these in the years when I was making a lot of money and had extra cash, but now I'm wondering if I have too much of my wealth tied up in life insurance. Is it worth cashing these out and using the money for something else? Yeah,
0: that, that one's a, a little bit of a tricky one, Phil, because you got um, probably some older policies just guessing on the age if you got adult children. Um, and some of those old policies earn some really good dividends, some good fixed interest rates within there. Now, the ones on your children, uh, again, it's up to you if you want to just let them take those over and continue paying those for themselves um and then you no longer own that that solves that problem that's what a lot of our clients will commonly do is they usually take out those policies when they're young and and continue to pay into them and then gift them over to them uh, upon you know them graduating college and say you know either take the cash or Go uh, you know, continue the policy yourself. So again, I don't think it's a bad idea, but we have to look at a couple things too. When it comes to life insurance with you funding it after tax uh, money, we got to look at that cash value and see what that number is. And then also look at the cost basis, meaning what you kind of put into that, what... Dollar amount you put into the benefits, so um, there could be a, a large taxable gain to you if you decide to cash that out. So be prepared for that. You know, if you put in your cost basis, let's say it's fifty thousand, your actual cash value is one hundred thousand, and you just want to cash it out, well then you're going to pay taxes on fifty thousand dollars of gain. So be prepared for that. Or Maybe a 1035 exchange that into another life insurance policy or an annuity type product, and and utilize that cash value differently um, to where you're starting to borrow against that or take money out of that annuity type product to draw down on that cost basis a little bit slower. So again, I think more than anything, Phil is it's a little bit of a tax play and a little bit of a you know estate planning play too in there to see how much money you want to leave. So it's going to depend on which way you feel like going uh, in there, and if you need the income, you know there's another source for you too.
2: Yeah, a few things to think about there, Phil. All right, our last questions from Millie. I'm 64 years old and I want to work until I was 66 or 67. So I was going to get serious about my financial plans in a year or so, but I just can't deal with my mouth breathing boss anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what do I need to have in place before I give them my notice and storm out of here? I went, I went, call him a mouth breathing to his face at least. <laughs> until um, you're ready.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> So, um, wow, that's that's just funny. So, um, I don't think it's too soon to start. So, even if... Um, you wanted to work till sixty six or sixty seven and you're two to three years away. Um, and, and even if you loved your boss, I still think you're well within that, that right time frame to start planning so that you're prepared. And you know, what what I love doing in these situations, Millie, is is telling my clients and, and proving to them, showing them their plan on the screen and, and looking at their their full goals, objectives, income, all that good stuff that we always talk about. But showing them on the on the board in our office here and saying you can retire and, and live a lifelong life and prove it to you uh, based on what you saved and say you can leave tomorrow so you can you know stop working tomorrow I have those conversations quite frankly with people that you can walk out the door tomorrow and everything looks pretty darn good so that's a putting the position of power right back in your court. So nothing would make me feel better as, as an advisor for you to say, go ahead and tell your boss off now because he can fire you tomorrow. He can do whatever he wants because you're fine financially. And that's a good place to be as is when you are empowered and confident that, you know,
2: you can go tomorrow. So that's what I would do. Very good. But again, Millie, it's never too early to start planning. I think it's a good reminder, you know, even you can never you never know what's going to come with your life and with work. So get ahead of it as much as possible. If you can afford to start planning more than couple of years out from retirement, you have a much better chance of being in shape. And you can tell your boss whenever you want to, at that point, <laughs> you're ready to get out of there. <laughs> You'll be ready to go. So make sure you connect with Ben Schrock and the team at BA Schrock Financial Group. You can find them online, baschrock-fg.com. Make sure you get their guide to maximizing your social security benefits online there too. You can take an in-depth social security analysis, but you can also learn more about their lock process as well. Plus all of our podcast episodes are archived there as well. So you can go back through and listen to a number of different topics we've talked about over the past year. So thanks again for joining us here on Unlocking Your Financial Future. And we appreciate the mailbag questions. Please keep them coming. And we'll get to another mailbag episode uh, next month. So thanks for joining us here on Unlocking Your Financial Future.
1: Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through BA Schrock Wealth Management Inc. and AE Wealth Management LLC. BA Schrock Wealth Management and AE Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. BA Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. BA Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. This podcast is a paid placement. It is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice to designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation.